The NFL schedule has finally been released, and I am going to break it all down for you, specifically the Washington Redskins schedule. So we're going to get into that in just a moment, but welcome to another episode of District Divided. I am your host, Amit Singh. Please follow the podcast on Twitter, at District Divided. Follow it on IG, District Divided again and the Facebook group, and the page, District Divided. So please follow, subscribe, whatever. Interact with me on Facebook, on Twitter. Love chatting with you guys. It's always been a lot of fun. Aside from talking about the schedule, I'm going to briefly touch on the Brendan Leipzig stuff as well from the Washington Capitals, forward for them. Uh, yeah, not not a good look, Brendan. Um, and then we're going to talk about the Bundesliga a little bit. The German Soccer League is actually coming back, so we're going to get some live sports. Very excited about that. But let's move straight into the main topic of today's episode. The 2020 NFL schedule was just released, and the Redskins actually have a pretty tough schedule, in my opinion. We're going to get into it right now. So starting with week one, September 13th, 2020, assuming everything starts as scheduled, Home to the Philadelphia Eagles. Then week two, at the Arizona Cardinals. Week three, at the Cleveland Browns. Week four, at home to the Baltimore Ravens. Week five, at home to the Los Angeles Rams. Week six, at the New York Giants. Week seven, Dallas at home. Bye week, week eight. Week nine, New York Giants at home. Week 10, at Detroit Lions. Week 11, versus Cincinnati Bengals. Week 12, at Dallas. That's Thanksgiving. Week 13 at Pittsburgh. Week 14 at San Francisco. Week 15, the Seattle Seahawks at home. Week 16, Carolina Panthers at home. And finishing up with week 17 at Philadelphia. Now, I had initially said it was a tough schedule. According to the strength of schedule, so combining all 16 teams that they're playing, well, all 16 games rather, that they're playing, the total number of combined wins from last season, how do they do? Well, the Redskins actually have the fifth easiest strength of schedule. But here's the thing. The Dallas Cowboys in their division have the third easiest strength of schedule. The Philadelphia Eagles have the eighth easiest strength of schedule. And the New York Giants have the seventh easiest strength of schedule. Now, why is that? Well, because they all play each other. Twice, in fact. So six of your games are against those teams. The Dallas Cowboys, Philadelphia Eagles, and New York Giants. The NFC East combined for 24 wins last season. That is an average of six wins. Their average record is six and 10. That is pathetic. Now let's look at the other teams that have the easiest strength of schedule. The Baltimore Ravens, then the Pittsburgh Steelers, Cleveland Browns, fourth easiest strength of schedule, Cincinnati Bengals, sixth easiest strength of schedule. The top eight belong to the AFC North and the NFC East. Those two divisions play each other this year. So that is a very sort of deceiving Strength of schedule, you know, being easy. So don't pin your hopes on that. And if you really still want to for some reason, well, the Redskins had the easiest strength of schedule entering this past season, and they did not finish with a great record. So let's get into week one, and we're just going to break it down 
game by game. And when I do this, I'm going to be assigning a win, a loss, or a draw to a game. Just a quick heads up, there will be no draws when I do this. So, getting straight to it. The Philadelphia Eagles, to me, are a great week one opponent for the Redskins. I think it's a fantastic situation because the Eagles have a lot of makeshift pieces in that secondary. They finished 22nd in pass defense last season. Now, they addressed that by picking up Nikel Roby Coleman and more significantly Darius Slay. However, it takes time for a secondary to gel. And week one is not the time where it's going to be fully gelled. Dwayne Haskins has a golden opportunity to take advantage of that secondary because, again, like I said, it's not going to be fully gelled by week one. It almost never is. So Antonio Gandy-Golden has an opportunity to shine in that game. Antonio Gibson has an opportunity to shine in that game. Darius Geis is healthy. Scary Terry McLaurin is back. Kelvin Harmon. Steven Sims was a player that developed quite the rapport with Dwayne Haskins at the end of that season. And Dwayne, again, had a very good game against the Philadelphia Eagles. This is a perfect spot for them to open up the season. The Philadelphia offense, again, they drafted a number of receivers. They traded for Flash Goodwin. And the Redskins secondary, yes, there are questions. But I think this is what you play home games for. And I think that it is a bit more of a toss-up than people think. Both the games against Philadelphia were very close last season. And I expect the Redskins to actually come away with a W going 1-0 on the season to begin it. Week 2 at the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals are a much improved team. And I can totally see them being a playoff team. As a result... I expect the Redskins to lose that game. Arizona has picked up DeAndre Hopkins, Isaiah Simmons, and others. And to me, they are just going to be really, really good. Kyler Murray finished the season very well last season. He now has, like we said, DeAndre Hopkins, arguably the best wide receiver in the league. He's got Larry Fitzgerald. He's got Christian Kirk. Kenyon Drake in the backfield. You know Benjamin. No one's talking about him. Seventh round pick. I think he's going to be very, very good for the Arizona Cardinals and actually contribute. So if you play fantasy football, you may want to look at him as a late round flyer because I do expect him to get some playing time with the Arizona Cardinals. So we are one and one at this point at the Cleveland Browns week three. This is a tricky spot because the Cleveland Browns do not have the best offensive line. Now they've looked to improve it. They drafted Jedrick Wills, arguably the best tackle in the draft. And we'll see what happens there with the Redskins defensive line, which has been heavily invested in with a number of first round picks. It's going to be interesting. Baker Mayfield is now in a make or break season because he had a very poor sophomore year. Now, this is maybe the type of environment where he thrives. You know, he's got his back against the wall. He's the underdog. and People are doubting him. He loves this stuff. But this is now at the NFL level. So let's see what happens there. This is more of a toss-up than people think. But I do expect that the Cleveland Browns are going to win this game. I still think that they're just an incredibly talented team. And no one's talking about them anymore. There was so much hype entering last season. And now, much less so. And I think that actually favors them quite a bit. Kevin Stefanski is the perfect sort of like boring hire. You're not going to talk about him at all. Freddie Kitchens was the perfect And I mean the perfect PR guy. I fell in love with Freddie Kitchens. I was like, yeah, this guy, he can go 16-0, sure. Loved him. Loved him. Stefanski's roaring. He's going to keep him out of the spotlight. I expect the Browns to do well. 
and I expect them to win that game. So one and two at that point. Week four, the Lamar Jackson show is in town. It's a very easy drive for them. The Baltimore Ravens are going to be playing at FedEx Field. And that, to me, unless the Redskins are playing out of their minds or the Baltimore Ravens just decide not to show up because it is the NFL and you never truly know. But games like this, it's a pretty sure bet. It's pretty clear, in my opinion, what's going to happen. That is going to be a loss. The Ravens, last season, best rushing attack in history, in NFL history. So they're going to be bringing that to the table. They've got the fifth best pass defense from last season, seventh best rush defense from last season. Now they have the 24th best pass offense. Lamar Jackson as a passer is somewhat inconsistent. I know people are going to be like, oh my gosh, it's the MVP. What are you talking about? He was a bit inconsistent at times. He didn't always get it there. But when he's on, oh my goodness, it's over. It doesn't matter who he's playing. It's over. He could even do it against Kansas City, honestly. Because if he's on and that defense is there, they could do it. Super Bowl contenders for sure. The Redskins have no chance in that game. Barring a miracle... As of right now, no chance. So that puts us at one and three. The Los Angeles Rams come to town the very next week, and I actually think that is a very winnable game. The opinion of the Los Angeles Rams is much higher than their actual talent level, in my opinion. I think Jared Goff is overrated. I think that now that Todd Gurley is no longer there, They sort of lost a bit of their identity. They want to throw a lot. They do. And Brandon Cooks is gone, but they still have Cooper Cup, for example. Still have Robert Woods. They're going to be good. I mean, they even took Van Jefferson, who Kadeen had mentioned on the podcast as a potential Redskins target in the draft. They took him in the second round. They think very highly of him. Sean McVay is coming back home. Well, to DC. And they're going to be motivated to win. Every team's motivated to win, but... The LA Rams are going to have something to prove because they went from going to the Super Bowl to not making the playoffs at all. It was a massive drop off, but I don't think they're as good as people make them out to be. They really bet on free agents the past couple years. And once again, to me, Jared Goff overrated. So we'll see, but I actually expect the Redskins to win that game because West Coast team traveling to the East Coast normally favors the East Coast team. Combine it with the Rams being a bit overrated. Skins win. So now two and three. Week six at the New York Giants. I was talking about the NFC East earlier. Combining for an average of six wins. Okay? 24 wins total. Six wins per team. Six and ten on average. That is pathetic. That is awful. That is uh, got to be one of the worst divisions ever. <laughs> at the New York Giants, to me, these are the must-win games. The Eagles and Giants, and if you could split the Cowboys, amazing. These are the must-win games. But it's at New York. I do think Daniel Jones is going to go through a bit of a sophomore slump. But Dwayne has some demons to exercise at MetLife. That's where he played his first NFL game, and he ended up throwing three interceptions. Not good. I don't think it's going to be in his head, but demons to exercise nonetheless. Just winning at MetLife is tough in general. Um, Giants-Redskins games, the Giants always seem to do a bit better over there at MetLife. So I expect a loss there. That's 2-4. and And then at home to the Dallas Cowboys, this is going to actually be, and people sort of forget about this, 
This is going to be the first time Dwayne Haskins plays against the Dallas Cowboys. So this is a very exciting game, and people are going to be ginned up for it. That game, FedEx has difficulty filling it up. You know, it's tough to fill up FedEx Field given the lack of recent success, given ownership, given... You know what I mean. It's just people don't go. <laughs> if you looked at any images last season, it was mostly away fans. Even the Detroit Lions had more traveling fans than the Skins had home fans. It was absurd. It just tells you the state of things. But drafting Chase Young, I expect, you know, more fans to come back. I expect, you know, they're playing the Dallas Cowboys. Skins fans will show up. And so will Cowboys fans. But Dwayne Haskins, first game against the Dallas Cowboys. I'm a romantic I'm giving them the win. And you always throw away the stats when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys last year, second in pass offense, fourth rushing attack, fourth best rushing attack, ninth best pass defense, 10th best run defense. That team finished 8-8. Eight and eight. The Dallas Cowboys in their DNA are not winners. They just, for whatever reason, cannot do it. They have their Super Bowls, yes, but that was then. We know all about that was then. Our last Super Bowl was that 91-92 season. We know all about that was then. Dallas Cowboys are in the exact same position. To me, overhyped. Dak Prescott has the opportunity to take him to a Super Bowl this year. I just don't see it. Maybe I've got my burgundy and gold tinted glasses on, but I just don't see it. I think they're always overrated. People talk about them too much. They had amazing numbers last season. They outscored their opponents by 113 points. They finished 8-8. Eight and eight. You throw away all numbers when it comes to a Redskins-Cowboys matchup. I expect the Redskins to win that. So, through seven weeks, we have a win against the Philadelphia Eagles, a loss to Arizona, Cleveland, Baltimore, a win against the LA Rams, a loss to the New York Giants, and a win against the Dallas Cowboys. Puts them at 3-4 and four entering their bye week. They then play the New York Giants at home. And that game, I do believe they win. Four and four. You give them two weeks to prepare. Now, the last time that happened for the Redskins, Dwayne Haskins came out and played his worst game as a starter. They had the bye week, and then they got to play the New York Jets. He was horrendous against the New York Jets. Just his worst game. But he rebounded very, very nicely from there and ended up having four beautiful games, including a game against the Detroit Lions, which was his first NFL win. So I wasn't even including that there. Dwayne bounced back. So this time, come by week, I expect him to use it better. He's playing a team he's already played week six, and I expect the Redskins to win that. So four and four now. Week 10 at Detroit. It's a tough one to call. I arguably don't even know, or honestly rather, don't even know if Matt Stafford's going to be healthy. I feel like he's always sort of banged up. Maybe we play Jeff Driscoll again. I don't even know if he's on the team. Maybe he is. Maybe we'll find out. I, for the sake of the spectacle, I hope Matt Stafford plays, and I think that game could be a lot of fun, but Detroit, to me, just not all that great. They had the worst pass defense last season, and those new toys that Haskins has in Antonio Gibson and Antonio Gandy-Golden, the Antonios, and Terry McLaurin, I think, is just, I honestly think he's a superstar, and I don't think uh, any of you guys listening, Skins fans, are going to disagree with that. He is sensational. So I think they end up winning that game. So that puts them at 5-4. and four. And then the Cincinnati Bengals at home. Folks, congratulations to the Cincinnati Bengals for drafting Joe Burrow round one, round one pick one overall. That was the right move for them. Long term. Short term, 
awful defense, still can't stop anybody, and the Redskins are going to cream them. Start Dwayne Haskins that week in fantasy. Start all your Redskins in fantasy that week. So that actually puts the Redskins on a three-game win streak, or four-game if you include the Dallas game. And that's going to put them at six and four. Entering a game against the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving. And they're going to get creamed by the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving because that seems to be what occurs. Minus the 2012 RG3 game, which was honestly one of my favorite games ever. What was it? 28 to three at halftime. RG3 had four passing touchdowns. Aldrich Robinson had one. I remember Pierre Garcon had one. I remember, let's see, Santana Moss had one. Oh, that game. What I would give for 2012 RG3. Let's see how Dwayne does this year. But yeah, that that game at Dallas Thanksgiving, having won week seven, I don't see it. I think Dallas is going to probably obliterate us. I still remember when Amari Cooper just went off for what felt like 200 plus yards and two touchdowns on Thanksgiving, I want to say, against the Skins not too long ago. Week 13 at Pittsburgh. It depends on if Roethlisberger plays. It's the same thing as the Detroit Lions. If Stafford plays, totally different ballgame. If Roethlisberger's healthy and playing, totally different ballgame. I'm going to go ahead and say that Ben Roethlisberger does play. And playing at Pittsburgh is just really tough in general. So I'm going to give that to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So we're at 6-6 six and six through week 13. Week 14 at the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, that's a loss. There's just no way around that. That is a loss. The San Francisco 49ers are way too talented. We talk about Dwayne Haskins and his weapons. The reality is that the offensive line still needs work. Trent Williams is with San Francisco, actually. And that'll be one of the subplots of the game is how do the four first round linemen slash, you know, Montez Sweat included, you know, play some backer as well. But how do they all do, and Ryan Kerrigan, Ionitis, against the 49ers offensive line, including Trent Williams? That'll be a fun subplot of the game. But the actual point of the game is the Redskins offensive line, which still needs work, is going against a ferocious 49ers front on the road. The Niners are going to be hungry to get back to the Super Bowl. I just, and that is crunch time. Week 14, I don't see the 49ers losing that game at all. So that puts us at 6-7. and seven. Now, three games left versus Seattle versus the Carolina Panthers at the Philadelphia Eagles. The Seattle Seahawks last season played, I want to say, two or three games on the East Coast, including the Eagles twice. And both those games were really, really close. The game against the Cleveland Browns, I think, finished 32-28 to or something along those lines. That was really close. They play very close games on the East Coast. Again, that West Coast to East Coast, difficult to do. In this case, I think Russell Wilson is just such a good quarterback. It's just so smart the way he plays the game. Very accurate thrower. I think that even with all the different defensive linemen that we've acquired, that we've drafted, that we've invested in, he just finds ways to win games. It's going to be a close game. 
I actually wouldn't be totally surprised if the Skins won it outright. It's going to be a very, very close game. But the Seattle Seahawks did win all those games last season on the East Coast. They were 7-1 and on the road, actually. So they know how to do it, and they'll do it again. So that puts us at 6-8 and against the Carolina Panthers at home. I have no read on the Carolina Panthers whatsoever. No read. Teddy Bridgewater is now the starting quarterback, and I'm happy for him. You know, going from starter in Minnesota to that horrific injury, backing up Drew Brees in New Orleans, getting his chance again, playing very well, and now he's the starter. But I don't know what to expect from him. He was a much more sort of cautious thrower in Minnesota. He finally gets some weapons in New Orleans. He opened it up. It looked good. There, were even, there was even talk that when Drew Brees was coming back, should they just continue rolling with Teddy Bridgewater? But I don't know what to expect. I still have no idea what to expect from him. The Carolina Panthers during the draft, I want to say first time ever, all defensive players. All of them. So they're heavily investing in that defense. There's a brand new coaching staff as well. Christian McCaffrey's that dude. It's going to be difficult to stop him. I have no idea what to expect from this game, but I'll give it to the Skins because they're at home. So that's 7-8. and eight. And then at Philadelphia, I mean, I'm expecting a split with Philadelphia where the home team wins both times. Did the same thing with the New York Giants. So Philadelphia wins that. The Redskins finished 7-9. This is a slightly more optimistic view. That's just sort of the way I am. So I've got the Skins going 7-9. Once again, the Philadelphia Eagles at home, that's a win. At Arizona, I'm saying that's a loss. At Cleveland, loss. Baltimore at home, loss. Absolutely. Los Angeles Rams at home, win. New York Giants on the road, loss. Dallas at home, win. Bye week, great. (laughs) 3-4 in the bye week. Week 9 against the Giants, win. At Detroit, win. Cincinnati Bengals at home, win. At Dallas, at Pittsburgh, at San Francisco, Seattle, four-game losing streak. Carolina Panthers, win. It's a toss-up. And then at the Eagles, loss. That, to me, is the best-case scenario. Looking at that schedule from a more maybe pessimistic standpoint, I could see three wins. You know, Detroit, Cincinnati, and one division game. I could see that. So you can go anywhere from three to seven wins, but this all depends on the play of Dwayne Haskins. It really does, because that's what quarterback comes down to. This is why I was even, you know, clamoring for Tua Tagovailoa is because you want an elite quarterback. Dwayne Haskins can be that. Ron Rivera has coached an elite quarterback. Cam Newton was league MVP while Ron Rivera was at the helm for them in Carolina. So he knows what it looks like when a quarterback's elite. And I hope, now he's a more defensive-minded guy, but I hope that he, Scott Turner, whoever it takes, is able to develop, or Kyle Allen, they're all pushing him, Dwayne Haskins in this case, to be that elite quarterback. That he puts in the work, which I have no doubts he will. That he puts in the work, that he continues to develop a rapport with these wide receivers. Because it's a young bunch, and to me, an underrated bunch. Steven Sims can play. Terry McLaurin can play. Antonio Gandy-Golden, we haven't seen him at this level, but based on what people are saying, sounds like he can play. Antonio Gibson sounds like, even though his expected draft position was much later, it sounds like the coaching staff loves him so much that we're going to see him make plays. 
It this offense finished dead last in points last season. Can they take that step up? That's all this season is about. It's not about the playoffs. Kadeen mentioned it also on District of Editor last week. Look, we're not looking for like Super Bowl or bust. This is not a Super Bowl or bust team. We're looking to improve every season. Three wins last season. Not good enough, obviously. Let's see what happens this coming season. I'm expecting seven wins, honestly. All comes down to Dwayne Haskins. Very excited to see how Chase Young does. Again, Matt Ioannidis gets doubled every single play. Does that change? Does he now get one-on-one because Chase Young's there? Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Ryan Kerrigan, Montez Sweat. The list goes on. Ryan Anderson, in watching film last season, the dude can force fumbles. He's going for that ball every single time. With a coach like Ron Rivera, Jack Del Rio there, I expect Ryan Anderson to do huge things on that defense. The secondary, there are questions, but Kendall Fuller came back from Kansas City to play here. He could have stayed with Patrick Mahomes, and I no one would have blamed him. Absolutely no one would have blamed him, but he chose to come back. He chose to come back home. Sean Davis, one-year $5 million deal from Pittsburgh to D.C. home. Went to Moreta High School, right? They're building a culture here of people that want to be here. Trent Williams, gone. Quentin Dunbar, gone. So I'm very excited to see what happens this coming season. What I'm not excited about is the Brendan Leipzig situation. For those of you that are not familiar, Brendan Leipzig is a player for the Washington Capitals. He is a forward for the Washington Capitals. Recently... It came out that one of his friend's Instagram accounts was hacked and there were a series of group chats and messages on there that got him into a little bit of trouble. I'm not going to go through them specifically or, you know, quote them or anything like that, but some of them are misogynistic and some of them actually target his teammates and target a former teammate's wife. And dude, you got to realize that nothing is truly private these days. It's one thing for your average Joe to get caught with this, but you are in the NHL. You have way more to lose. Way more to lose. And I hope that this is a cautionary tale for other people because here's the thing, Brendan's not the only one doing this. Okay, he's not the only one making these comments in a seemingly private environment. You don't think he's the only NHL player doing this, right? Surely you can't think that. Or NBA player. Or NFL player. So, just... uh, So frustrating to see. Idiotic behavior. Completely idiotic behavior from Brendan Leipzig. And here's his biggest problem. Is he's played 61 games this season and scored three goals as a forward. Okay? Now, I understand that there are other roles that can be played, but I believe he only has eight assists. So, you're telling me a forward with three goals, eight assists, 61 games played, and a poll that just came out saying 75% of fans want him released is going to make it through this? No. No. And you only have yourself to blame. I... uh, (sighs) 
just frustrating. It's just frustrating. I understand he's young. I understand that these things are said and stuff like that. And truthfully that, you know, he got caught, you know, and it, just the apology statement was really bad. It looked like it was just screenshotted and he just threw it on his Twitter. Just a bad look. Just a bad look. And um, I wouldn't be surprised that the Capitals cut him any, you know, pretty soon. It's un- a truly unfortunate situation. But again, if you, you know, if you're on social media, you got to realize that these things can become public. We see it all the time, especially before drafts and stuff like that, where all of a sudden DMs become public or, you know, they look at old tweets from four or five years ago when the kid was like 15 or 16. So, yeah, just another cautionary tale. Unfortunate that it had to happen to a DC athlete. Um, Thank you for, you know the time that you spent with us, but it looks like it's going to be over and just truly unfortunate. So that's all I really want to say on that. And from one Leipzig to another RB Leipzig, the German Bundesliga is coming back. And I am so excited about it because we finally get a major sport coming back and a major league as well. The German league is legit. Bayern Munich plays there. We're talking about names like Robert Lewandowski. We're talking about Serge Gnabry, Thomas Müller, I am so excited to see the best of the best show up and play some ball again. It starts next Saturday, May 16th. They are picking up from where they left off. So there are nine games remaining. And I highly recommend you look at the standings right now. Bayern Munich is four points ahead of Borussia Dortmund and RB Leipzig, who I just mentioned, just behind them in third place. It's going to be a lot of fun. Now, there are going to be no fans, okay? And that's going to take a little getting used to. And they don't ha- plan to have any fans until the end of August. But it's still going to be thrilling to watch. Erling Haaland, if you guys are like sort of casual soccer fans, or maybe you're going to get into it because screw it, this is the only live sports you could see right now. That with Korean baseball as well. Erling Haaland is a superstar in the making. Actually, I would argue he already is. The number of goals he scores, it seems like he's scoring multiple goals a game. And he's only 19 years old? Maybe 20? Something like that? He is amazing. He plays for Borussia Dortmund. Jaden Sancho. Oh my goodness, for Borussia Dortmund. Englishman. Also very young. Very creative. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch these teams back in action. And it just feels nice to have a certain degree of normalcy back. Like, we've really, really missed this. We've really, really needed this. I'm just so excited for the whole thing. And I can't wait. I hope you guys take the time to look into it a bit more. Uh, There's a very fun... (laughs) What would it be? It was a very fun tweet um, that I saw with a sort of a flowchart on how to pick your team. So I'll post that on Facebook. I'll post that on Instagram. I'll post that on uh, Twitter again. Definitely check it out. It's very funny. It's very fun to uh, figure out which team you should root for based on that flowchart. And if you need advice on who to root for, you know what? Talk to me about it. We'll figure it out together. On that note, that will conclude today's episode. Thank you very much for listening. If you want to debate the schedule with me, Please feel free. Again, Twitter is at District Divided. Instagram handle, District Divided. Facebook page and group, both called District Divided. Please like it. Please join the group. I put polls out. I interact with people. Like, 
it's just a lot of fun. I just want to build a community here of DC sports fans and sports fans in general. Um, you know, it's important that we just stick together during these tough times. And the German Bundesliga is coming back. I'm not sure people are as excited as I am about it. But if you aren't, you will be. Trust me. It is a lot of fun to watch. And you can gamble on it if you really want to. So on that note, there is only one man that could take us away right now. And his name is Pauli Polo. I spent my whole damn life in the city. Anywhere I go, DC's coming with me. I spent my whole damn life in the city. I can go for broke, but the capital is in me. I spent my whole damn life in the city.